Hey there, this is Widow, and this podcast is for adults only. Hi, and welcome to another Massacast. Got a big announcement this episode. We've got a sponsor. Eden Fantasies has been kind enough to help uh, shore up some of the costs of running the Massacast, and I really got to appreciate it. Now, how can you help? Show them appreciation? Well, very simple. You can go to mastercast.com and you can click the banner right there for Eden Fantasies. And here's the cool thing. You get 20% off if you use the code EFCAST. 20% off. That's that's a lot of money. You know, someone recently told me that's that's more than the professional discounts at some sex toy manufacturers. So that's damn good. Here's the other cool thing about Eden Fantasies is whether you're looking for some really high-end, expensive toys or if you're looking for like a a very simple, basic, wham-bam, thank you, ma'am toy, they've got it for you. Different materials. And the other cool thing is they have uh, reviews. You can look at a toy or an item and you can say, I wonder if this is uh, right for me. Chances are there's a review from someone who's used it and they can say, you know what, I don't know if these nipple clamps are right for you. I tried these. I really prefer these other ones a lot better. And so you can go buy those or you can write a review. It's really, really cool. So far, over 14,000 reviews. How do you like them apples? Again, go to MasterCast.com. Click on the Eden Fantasies banner. That way they know you came from MasterCast. And while you're there, use the checkout code EFCAST and you'll save 20%. Thanks again to Eden Fantasies for sponsoring the Massacast. So on to the episode. This time we're talking with Mistress Katya. I have to say, I'm really glad she sat down with me and uh, we had a, a, a lot of fun talking about things I had never even considered before, which you'll, you'll find out. Here's Mistress Katya. Now that when I look back at my past when I was a kid, I think I had some issues. Like, I used to love tying up, like, my Barbie dolls and my My Little Ponies, and for some reason, my mom wouldn't let me have a Ken doll, so I would shave the Marine, uh, Marie Osmond doll that I had. I shaved her hair, like, I cut it all short, and I turned her into a boy. And uh, for some reason, my mom didn't find this to be disturbing, but when I think about it, I was just like, I'm, you know, like, I'm taking girl dolls and I'm turning them into boys Mm -hmm. so I could have them together and I'm just kind of like it's a little weird when I think about it did you ever ask why you're why she didn't want you to have a candle or do you know why no you know that's the weird thing it's like I think she just thought because like girls shouldn't have boy dolls I don't know why my parents are not by like there's only a 20 year age difference between me and my mom and both of my parents like my dad was an ex-biker and my mom was a hippie (laughs) so it's like there's really no reason why i think i think she felt because she was a new mom and it was um you know the motherly thing to do like you're supposed to raise your kid not to have like if you have a girl they're supposed to have girl toys Mm -hmm. and if you have a boy they're supposed to have boy toys Mm -hmm. and you know my brother had trucks and tonka trucks and everything and i had dolls so and they were all girl dolls so do you remember why you were tying up barbie i mean was there i would tie up my my little ponies that's the weird thing i had i Hogtie. It was like so easy because all their feet were together. Uh-huh. So you could just tie them up, and I don't know why, but like I used to play with my ponies and I tie them up, and I would tell them that the only way they can be free is if they just, you know, called for my help. <laughs> I I was, you know, when I think about it, I was a fucked up kid. I, I was, don't think that's crazy. No, but I mean, it's like I'm, I'm like six, seven years old sitting in my room tying up my little ponies, telling them that like the only way they could be, you know, they could be free is if they just called for me. Maybe it was uh, 
you know, you are fulfilling both the desire to control something, but also be the savior of something. I, I think so. I mean, they also had my little ponies that were, um, they were seahorses and you could bring them into the, you know, the, the pool with you or, you know, or your bathtub and they were weighted on the bottom. So when you put them in the water, they would float and there was like a little air hole on the top to, you know, I, I guess for construction purposes. Mm-hmm. And I used to like plug it up and I used to tell them that if they, you know, like I would let them breathe if they just called for help. <laughs> Which is your first your first uh, foray into breath play? I think so. Now that I think about it, it's like it's funny. I had all these like weird fetishes and and interests when I was a kid, and I never touched on them. And then when I started dating guys that were into it, I think it's like it's what kind of set off the spark and that's why my timeline is so like whoosh, mm-hmm. like right on the line and then after that after I got to start to like really get to you know understand fetishes I was just like wow I was into this for a long time and I never even realized it mm-hmm. I think education I think it's the education I think that's what kind of you know got me into this and it probably saved you in many situations you know because now because if you have an outlet for it and you know you know what it is it's much better than being confused by it yeah no exactly exactly um my my thing is that um i i think i'm i'm a little fortunate because i seen something and i found somebody to kind of help um I don't want to say help because nobody needs help. <laughs> like what what we do is it's it's good. It's mm-hmm. actually good that we're in touch with our, our kinks and our fetishes. Mm-hmm. When somebody says, "Oh, you need help," that's almost like a negative negative um, reaction. I think like I had somebody to uh, show me how like you know certain things, and you know it's like I got to be able to like put like connect point A and point B. I think so. it's always a healthy thing when you have more education about anything. Oh yeah. I think I think I found my fascination for um, shiny things going into latex. By you're gonna love this one, um, Billy Idol's white wedding video. <laughs> the three the three chicks in in the PVC like smacking their asses. Right. I thought that was like the coolest thing for. I think it was like eight back then, and I I don't know why, but whenever that video came on, I thought that was so cool. And then as you know, I got older and I started to get a little bit more involved in the goth scene, which you know I. PVC is like a requirement to wear. Um, I really started to wear a lot of PVC and vinyl. And then one day I went to Religious Sex, which was such a great store. I wish it never closed um, down the village. And I went in there and I was just kind of browsing and there was this rack of clothing and it wasn't PVC. And I'm just looking at it and the girl came up to me and she's just like, try it on, you'll love it. I'm like, what is it? She's like, it's latex, you'll love it. All right. So she gave me a dress. She tri- like she, you know, like I guess maybe she knew my fascination for it because I was wearing PVC pants. <laughs> um, I tried it on. And I swear to God, it was just like you know, oh, and and I loved it so much that I I told her I was like, hold this, I'll be back in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up, and it was my very first latex item. It was the skating dress from Siren. And then after that, I replaced all my PVC with latex. Well, what was it? What was the, um, describe the, oh, the... What words can you associate with that experience? 
um, erotic for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, when I put it on, it just it felt really different. It felt very different as opposed to PVC and vinyl. Like it just it hugged the skin. the The sensations between like hot and cold were very different than if you were to touch, you know, PVC. It's like, yeah, you can you can feel the sensation a little bit differently, but with latex, it was a completely different feeling. And you know, it's like I can you know put my finger on my boob and I can like feel the temperature change it's like second skin everyone I hear says it's like a second skin. exactly exactly and that's what made it like really enticing because with um wearing pvc that felt very nice it felt very like contained constrictive it looked very sexy it felt very sexy but putting the latex on it not only did I, I feel sexy, I felt erotic, and I felt very like aroused by it. Mm-hmm. And that's also when I discovered that I had a latex fetish. Because after that, not only did I replace every item that I owned of PVC with latex, but then I started incorporating into like personal relationships that I had. That's also when I started um, getting into domination as well. Um, How did that happen when you, when you went from, I'm wearing... I'm wearing latex to uh, being a dominant, uh, or or maybe at first you were submissive. I don't know, but how did you, how did you go from okay latex into sex in, incorporated into sex play? Were you by the way were you dating someone at the time, or were you um, physical with someone at the time when you first discovered latex? I I was and I wasn't here. Um, try uh, to kind of put the timeline. Um, I discovered latex a little bit after. I started getting introduced to other fetishes like foot fetish and um, and then after that I started dating somebody who was submissive and that's where like the latex came in and then the domination came in. He was he was um, dominant in personality but submissive as well. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were equals when we were dating but behind closed doors he was the sub. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made it even more enticing was that he got into it as well and I think he also liked when I wore latex too so (laughs) um but going back to the whole like childhood thing besides getting into latex I was like more of like my you know the fetish that I I really enjoy personally um but also like I I grew up to Wonder Woman and I was a kid and I used to wear Wonder Woman underoos all the time Mm -hmm. and I used to run around my apartment complex like you know with my fake little magic lasso and you know like that's how kids were growing up back yeah. then when you were Wonder Woman did you like the idea of tying someone up with your magic lasso yeah yeah <laughs> when I when I was also younger too I had my first crush was this kid named David and I used to chase him around the schoolyard all the time but my thing was that I wanted to just kiss him mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to push him I didn't want to hit him I just wanted to kiss him and I and the funny thing is that during school time he would run from me all the time because I wanted to kiss him but I would play with him like you know after school mm-hmm. and I wouldn't try to kiss him then it, it was just kind of weird. Like, he was my crush in, during school hours, but after school, he was just, like, a friend that I played with. Mm-hmm. And then um, other friends that I played, like, we were always, you know, like, kids watch shows and, you know, they reenact them and stuff. And, you know, I was kidnapping the neighborhood. Like, you know, like, my friend Katie and her, her brother Michael would come to save her. And, you know, it's like... And then I would kidnap him too, or then we, you know, like we, it was a cross between putting the damsel in distress and being like, almost like, 
I can't say it's like flipping roles because I, I never really liked the submissive aspect of it for me. Like, it didn't sit well. I liked being the one in control. I liked being the one that, like, you know, I tie, I would tie everybody up. Yeah. And, yeah, somebody would try to, you know, like, Michael, Mike would try to get Katie, but, you know. It's, I think it's a very common thing um, when you're a kid. For me, I, I was... I, I would always try to get, you know, finagle these situations where it was, okay, girls versus boys. And girls have to try to capture the boys. And, oh, geez, they just happened to capture me. You know, I'd almost like run, almost run into them trying to get them to capture me. You know, because I just like the idea of being captured or something like that. You kind of mimic what you see on TV. Like, um, Batman back then mm-hmm. was very popular. And um, I always played Catwoman and there was you know Catwoman had her moments of damsel in distress and but most of the time she was a very powerful you know she could bring Batman down <laughs> when you were when you were watching that did you ever think why wow I like what Catwoman's wearing or anything like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, I, it, was, was that part of your appreciation of Catwoman I think I I well for starters the outfit was very very hot but um I know that there was always like this um, Eartha Kitt versus Julie Newmar, and I, mm-hmm. I always liked Julie. And I think it's because I could relate to her a little bit more. Her hair was like a little bit more my color, and she had like the nice and. I never knew there was a uh, Eartha versus. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I suppose it makes sense, right? Yeah. If you if you ask people that like, oh, Eartha Kitt was was the Catwoman, and yeah, in, in essence she was. But I always I always appealed more to Julie Newmar, you know. So. Do you remember um, the first time you did? Uh, dominate someone sexually? It's kind of weird. It was around when I first started, um, well, obviously, I first started dabbling into this. Um, It was my relationship where he was very submissive Mm -hmm. and we would just, you know, behind closed doors, like, we had sex, but it wasn't, it was kinky. Mm -hmm. Like, it involved handcuffs and a flogger and, and, you know, like, commanding him to, you know, do things, you know, and that's where I I started to become a little bit more like into it. Um, when I was a kid, I I was very quiet, but I did have a dominant personality. But I was very reserved. Um, and then when you go through your awkward teen stage, you, you like the personality is kind of there, but it's a little bit more repressed because you're very you feel very awkward and you have the self conscious. And then. Um, my late teens, early like early twenties, I dated somebody who kind of introduced me into um, into the scene, but it was more of like foot fetish, and um, the relationship I had with him was very weird because I was with him for four years, and um, to sum it up as a whole, he was an asshole. But um, that's a pretty that's a pretty good <laughs> layout right there, yeah. But ironically, I'm still friends with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Is he still an asshole? Yeah, no, he's still an asshole by far, and I tell him that. But it's it's weird because we dated for four years, and our relationship was so like we were just fighting back and forth. And I think he brought the dom out in me because he just kept pushing me to see how far he could push me before I pushed back, and it. He just kind of dragged it out on me. Like, I went from being, like, a loving, caring person to, you know, saying, okay, I'm not going to take this shit anymore. So... Do you think that was on purpose? I could definitely tell you that it was on purpose, but I don't think it was on purpose in the sense of him wanting me to be dominant in the relationship. It was on purpose because he had a lot of, like, issues with 
his you know with with women in general and because he had issues that he couldn't deal with like he just kept kind of like pushing me pushing me pushing me and then finally I guess you could say I grew a backbone and I started fighting back and then I guess he didn't like that very much Mm -hmm. but at that point after four years our relationship just started going like this way Mm -hmm. and we broke up mutually like we're just kind of we were we were walking on the beach it was actually Jones Beach and I just turned to him I go you know we're better off as friends and he's like yeah I agree and I was like wow four years and we just realized that and his response is yeah do you want to just be friends I'm like yeah okay it was like so weird how we broke up but it wasn't I think because we were at the end and you know how when you date somebody and you get to the point where you just realize that it it's like you're better off as friends Mm -hmm. and you start to get along with them better because you start realizing that they're friends that's what happened and in those situations too you really can't I mean you said it a couple times like four years you said four years a couple times almost Mm. like wow four years but you really can't I mean you really can't look at it like that like that's a bad thing. No, I mean I, I don't look at it as a bad thing. Like I I hold very few regrets in my life because I kind of look at everything as a growing experience. Mm-hmm. Very I hold very, very, very few regrets. Okay. Even in like the worst scenario possible, I don't think of it as a regret. And if I had the choice to redo it again, um, I'd probably do the same thing because it made me a stronger person. And I think that's the thing, is that his insecurities made me a stronger person. Because he caught me at a time where I was, um, I, you know, like early teens, late 20s, you still have your self-esteem issues. And granted, you know, it's like I started to get in touch with my self-esteem issues. And I think it was because, like, he pushed me because of his insecurities. So um, what he what he did made me a stronger person and that's where I kind of started to evolve into domination more you, you said with him that's how you got introduced to like foot fetish and things yeah like he that? was a very book a very big foot fetishist mm-hmm. and, and how did you respond to that I mean was that just something you did for him because it's wow that, no I liked it mm-hmm. I liked it I didn't even realize at that time that there really was a fetish for feet and I never had somebody pay so much attention to my feet. So I was like, oh, you're going to give me foot massages? Oh, that's great. You want to suck on my toes? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I think he also had like a hand massage, like a hand fetish too, because he loved massaging my fingers and my hands. And I loved it. And it's kind of a, conflict, a conflicting message when an asshole is really treating you very well in certain circumstances, right? Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I think he was just, if he dealt with his female issues I don't think he would be so bad because he he was very charming and he was uh, like you know he was he's a great friend horrible boyfriend yeah. this episode of the Mastercast is brought to you by Eden Fantasies don't forget to go to Mastercast.com click on the Eden Fantasies banner and while you're checking out use the code EFCAST to save 20% on your order so uh, after that relationship ended uh, did you feel like, okay, now I can go look for, or usually after a relationship like that, and one sometimes goes into a sort of a free-for-all sort of mode where uh, maybe there's a little bit of mourning period after the relationship ends, but then some people kind of go buck wild, as a friend of mine would say. Did you experience this as well? Yes and no. Okay. Okay. 
the way I went buck wild is that I started to get into pro domination at that time. Um, no, because it was very thought out. Um, when I broke up with him, well, when we broke up, um, I befriended a pro dom and she told me what she did and I thought that was so interesting and I wanted to know more about it. Mm -hmm. So um, I asked her and at first she's just like, but you're, you're dating somebody I don't really feel comfortable training you. And I'm like, well, we're actually broken up. Mm -hmm. So at this point, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, as we got to know each other and she kind of like introduced me to things, I was always interested in it, but I never really had the opportunity to like learn how to do it the right way. And she kind of took me under her wing and she trained me. And for like the first six months, I was doing double sessions with her. I would come into her session and she would kind of show me how to like flog properly or how to use a cane the right way. And then after that, I'd see some of her subs and they would report back to her and let her know how I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> after that, I started to uh, work over at Angel Stearns, which was one of my best experiences. So when you when you were first started go, you know, being ex exposed to these other things that you may not have known existed or maybe you did but hadn't experienced before what was going through your mind like flogging caning people and all the other things that go along with dominating someone i i loved the corporal punishment i think that's because just going back to you know almost because going back to childhood like um when i was in trouble i got in trouble um, corporal punishment in my family was, you know, like that, that was an acceptable form of punishment. Mm -hmm. I didn't get my ass kicked, but I did get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I, I kind of had like a little bit of a sentimental value behind that. Um, certain fetishes kind of took me a while to get into. I was interested in them. I was interested in them more on the psychological aspect. Like why would somebody enjoy golden showers? Mm -hmm. And also like when I started doing them, I started, it started to become more of a power trip for me. Um, you know, it's like anybody can, anybody can piss in a guy's mouth, but to really think of the reason why they want it and how you feel doing it. So I, very curious about it because um, um, I I don't that's something I don't understand myself I've experienced it once uh, and I was like right after I was like can I take a shower please you know? <laughs> so I don't really know understand it I don't have any qualms with obviously people I don't think people are weird who enjoy it yeah. it's just one of those things I don't understand can you kind of walk me through I mean, are there different reasons why people enjoy it or is um, it usually is there a common thread I, I think the common thread is the psychological aspect of it, the, like the loss of control and be, and um, also humiliation too. Like some some subs, they like it for humiliation purposes. Like you know, being literally being pissed on is a very humiliating aspect. Some also see it as a, um, a you know like marking a territory type of thing. Um, another thing that. Um, I guess like the consumption of golden showers that they see it as like a part of their mistress being mm -hmm. within inside them. There's there's a huge psychological aspect before behind, it, and that's what I like like about it. Um, some fetishes I'm not really like brown showers. I kind of do that to each their own. Mm -hmm. Not my thing. Never done it. I have no interest in doing it. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like I only I only do things that I like doing, and it took me. 
a little while to kind of like get the meaning behind everything because anybody could pick up a flogger anybody could pick up a cane um anybody can piss on somebody but the reason why you're doing it it's you gotta you gotta understand it is that just a matter of getting to know the person and understanding where they're coming from? Oh, maybe maybe a combination of both, like mm-hmm. getting to know the person and getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this? You know, what what enjoyment do you get out of, um, you know, taking that control? And I think maybe it's like just, like I said, being being pushed and kind of, you know, like starting to think for myself and feel for myself and be like, wow, I, you know, I've been holding back way too long. I had these I had these feelings that I just kind of kept inside and repressed, not because I didn't think they were natural, but just because I just didn't feel the need to act on them. And then somebody like kind of like set off the switch, and I'm just like, wow, um, I'm 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 in control here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened. And then I start thinking more of like, well, why am I enjoying this? You know, like, why am I enjoying, like, really hurting this person? That's something that a lot of people have kind of a difficult time with at first, hurting another person, right? Because yeah. we're, we're told that if you hurt someone, you're bad. Yeah. Um, how did you come to terms with realizing that you're not a bad person for hurting someone? Um, even though what we do is consensual already, like, we, it's, it's agreed, obviously. Like, the sub is coming to see me because they have a need that they need to fulfill, and that's to be controlled. Um, it's like, it, it's an understanding. And I think that's what made it a little bit easier to transition from, you know, like, you know, oops, sorry, mm-hmm. to, oh, no, it's okay, because you want this, and mm-hmm. I want this, and we both want this, so it's okay. What was going on in your personal life at this time? That's uh, the guy that I was dating at the time. He was the submissive guy, not the one from four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was somebody else, and that's the one that I got to really experiment with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was pretty much like as I'm learning things, it was kind of take your work home type of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I would have sessions at Angels or out on the island, and then you know I'd play with my boyfriend at the time. Uh, let's say if you did. Uh two or three sessions during the day mm-hmm. one whatever yeah and then you go home did you feel more or less inclined to play when you got home um at that point i think i felt more inclined because it, it was very new to me and the fact that i had a boyfriend at the time that was interested in it so it, it kind of like revved it up a little bit mm-hmm. um at first and then like you know as i started to I guess because, like, as the relationship started to get go like stray a little bit, um, the playing wasn't really as prominent. But um, at first, it was great because it was like, "Ooh, I learned how to do like you know Florentine flogging. Let me practice on you." Mm-hmm. And, and, and the difference between, um, you know, like uh, somebody uh, I've had this asked to me before: um, when you're in a relationship with somebody who is also submissive and you're doing pro sessions, how do you break it up? Because it you know, like going back to the whole taking your work home type of thing. It's like, you, you know, if you're on the computer all day, you don't want to be on the computer at home. Um, the thing that made it different was that even though like the connection with subs that I was seeing for sessions was very different from the connection I had with my boyfriend. Obviously, I'm not having sex with the subs that right. I'm seeing for sessions. I'm having sex with my boyfriend. So, so when you got home, different. it was almost like okay, now you get to actually have the sex, right? Yeah. One of the other things that you list is your 
favorite activities. And this goes back to latex, mm-hmm. and that is latex worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and heavy rubber domination. Can you please I- explain what those... Ooh. For me, latex worship is polishing latex, licking latex, rubbing latex. Um, when I, I have like a heavy rubber session or latex worship session, I will... I'm always wearing latex in my sessions. Um, it's very rare for me not to wear latex. If I'm not wearing latex, it's one of two things. Either I'm not, you know, like either I'm not feeling like it's going to, you, you, sometimes you have your off days where you're mm-hmm. just like, you don't really want to wear latex, but for the most part, I'm wearing it. If I'm not wearing it, something's wrong. Ask me what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you wearing latex? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, a latex worship session is wearing latex and having this, uh, polish it up by hand um i don't i don't if, to people who are not familiar with latex or polishing there's this uh, lubricant called um arrows body glide and it it's a it's a latex conditioner plus a dressing aid you put it on it makes the latex slip on really fast um one of the benefits is that if you put it on the latex, it conditions it and shines it and makes it all shiny. Mm-hmm. That's why when you see these these pictures in Marquise and Skin Two and those like you know, kink publications, and you see the latex shining, that's because of the latex loop. And You've actually been in yes, quite a few of those. Yes, I have. Actually, I've been in Marquise and Massad twice. Mm-hmm. Massad nice. magazine, which is a I believe it's a Dutch publication, and Marquise. And. So. You applauded. You were very, I know, very I was, excited. I, I was so happy about it because I originally submitted photos for publish uh, publication, and Marquise wrote back said, "Would you like to do an interview instead?" Uh, with in addition to the photos, oh, nice. I'm, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> yes. So <laughs> yeah, so that was like one of my you know crowning moments, and that was like you know I was like yes, I'm going. I I was so happy when I got the magazine. I brought it with me out. I was just like, look what I'm in. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure you got a lot of, uh, well, obviously exposure, but a lot of attention from it as well. One of my, one of the best moments that I had was I had a sub come in and he is into cross-dressing and, and rubber as well. And he came in with the, with the magazine and he asked for me to autograph it and I thought that was the sweetest thing and I was just like I better not find this on eBay (laughs) he's like no no this is all mine all mine so could you explain uh, since it's pretty clear that you really like latex what is the feeling that comes over you when you put it on as opposed to when you're not wearing it let's say if you're feeling dominant and you put it on what is it? Can you explain what that feeling is? Pure sex. Really? <laughs> yeah, I. It feels it, it. It's a second skin. It's tight. Um, looking at myself in the mirror, seeing like this very shiny fabric on me is very. It's an intense turn on. Um, feeling the temperature change. It's really just. It feels so great for me. Um, also, like just when a sub polishes the latex it's like you can feel that going through your skin and it's it like that really 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 thin layer between your skin and the air like that latex it just feels so good when you're massaging the latex lube on there Mm -hmm. and that's what i think i like about latex worship so much is that um it's the ultimate form of tease and denial too it's like you're you're polishing up 
your mistress who's head to toe in latex and you're basically touching her body and you can't touch anything because the latex is covering and I like to remind them that too like I'll, I'll, I'll say to a sub I'm like you know it's gotta really suck knowing that you're able to like rub my ass and you can't touch it <laughs> you know like the only thing that's separating from, separating you from latex from my bare skin is this little millimeter of latex uh-huh. I'm like it's gotta really suck to know that you're that close and that far away that's very funny. Yeah, it's a form of torture. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. This is something else that you mentioned uh, before we started recording, but you were really into Hello Kitty. I have an addiction. Yeah, Hello Kitty, a matter of fact, before I came here, I stopped at the Hello Kitty store, and I was on my best behavior because I've been known to go in there and like leave with a shitload of stuff. Um, I have a very severe addiction. I don't know where it came from, but I love Hello Kitty to the point where my kitchen is, I have a waffle maker, sandwich maker, toaster, shake maker, coffee tea maker, microwave, rice cooker. My bathroom is all Hello Kitty. My car has Hello Kitty in it. Um, As you could see, I have Hello Kitty right there. I have Hello Kitty clothing, Hello Kitty socks on right now, a Hello Kitty necklace. Um, Oh, what else? I have a Hello Kitty bicycle. Um, I have enough Hello Kitty that I could wear it every day for like three weeks straight with not having to change, like, you know, not having to wear the same outfit twice. (laughs) Um, I have Hello Kitty credit card, check card, you know, checking everything. Yeah, I am all Hello Kitty. Um, My first reaction when I need to replace something is I see whether or not Hello Kitty has made it and then I will buy it. (laughs) But you also have Hello Kitty kink. Yes, I do. Can you explain? I have a Hello Kitty. I am I'm a proud owner of a Hello Kitty flogger that I made. And this is probably one of the most brutal things that I own. Um, it is a cowhide and suede flogger with triple knotted at the end. I think it's got about like 50 tails. And at the end of each tail, besides the three knots, there's also a Hello Kitty acrylic bead. This thing... It, I, I like to dub a Cupa painful. And because it's pink, it's got a Hello Kitty head at the end, and it looks really freaking adorable, but this thing is it sounds It sounds exactly as painful uh, as it is uh, adorable. It is, yeah. I've, I've taken it out in session. I've actually had a sub like laugh. And I said, what's so funny? He's like, that's just so cute. I go, you're not gonna think that five minutes from now. And I hit him with it and his first reaction was, ouch. (laughs) And I was just like, I could keep going with Mm -hmm. this. I have a Hello Kitty flogger. I have a Hello Kitty paddle, an acrylic paddle that I had made. It's a Hello Kitty head with um, a handle attached that sad to say I have cracked it already on Mm. somebody's ass. For their birthday, um, so it was worth it. Just because you're so uh, you're so into Hello Kitty, why would you not hold back, right? Or why it, would you hold back? Exactly. Like, I'm just kind of, and uh, there's two little holes cut out for the eyes, so I was just trying to hit hard enough that I was kind of hoping that like two little marks would show up. It didn't show up, but I kind of cracked it a little bit. But I have a backup, so it's okay. I would not be surprised if someone listens. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have any other Hello Kitty things? Um, no, but I am working on the Hello Kitty um, single tail. I would not be surprised if. Uh, someone listening either would like a Hello Kitty flogger made or uh, would like to get you something Hello Kitty kink related or maybe can make you something Hello Kitty kink related. Do they? Would you prefer that they email you directly from your website or is it okay if they go through me 
Is, which would you prefer? They could do either one. I know that um, Hello, there's. I know that there's a cane that's made, a Hello Kitty cane, and it's like um, Hello Kitty at the end, and in the, in the middle, it's like this pink glitter. I forgot who makes it, but somebody sent me a link for it, and I was really tempted to get it, but I held off because I I, I don't know why. I, I think because I was afraid I was going to break it or something. Wow. Um, Maybe that's something you could put in a, a, a glass case and hang somewhere. I don't know. Like, I, if I can't use it, then there's really no no sense in getting it. But I, I, I think I held off because it was a little bit on the pricey side. Um, for some reason, Hello Kitty attracts a lot of people. I, I think people are very, like, amused about this, like, you know, big fat-headed cat with no mouth mm-hmm. that has been able to, like, I guess dominate the female masses for mm-hmm. about 36 years. So I think that's what intrigues people. And they're just kind of like, oh, people will buy this. Let's raise the price on this to like $50 for a cane. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... I've seen it. I've seen... Somewhere I've seen a, a Hello Kitty vibrator as well. I haven't. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Does it work very well? Um, the, the problem with it is that it's not really the internal type. It's... It looks almost like an ice cream cone, oh. and it's got Hello Kitty on the top, so it's not very comfortable. It wouldn't be very comfortable to insert. It's an, it's an external stimulator. Yeah, and I'll just say I don't use it. I have it for like you know display purposes only, and I know that sounds so cliche, but I really do. Like when I had when I. I had a vanilla job when I first got it, and I took it and I put it right on my desk. And people are like, "Oh, that's so cute! What is it?" I'm like, "Vibrator." And they're just like, "Only you, <laughs> you know, only you can put a vibrator on your desk and get away with it." Nobody knew. Well, of course. So I, I keep it. I have. I have it. Um, if you name it, I have it in Hello Kitty form. And I know it's like a really bad thing, but like, I'm sure yeah. there'll be someone who is going to. Yeah probably be your soulmate listening to this and they'll be trying to challenge you on what else they might own Hello Kitty ones. I've had people come up to me and they're just like, oh, you're a Hello Kitty fan. I'm a, I'm such a Hello Kitty fan. I'm like, I bet you I have more stuff. Mm-hmm. And they'll say what they have. I'm like, I have the bicycle. And they're like, you win. Um, <laughs> I, I've had people take pictures of me mm-hmm. um, because they see the Hello Kitty because um, um, when I'm traveling, I usually have more bags with me and they're all matching Hello Kitty. And mm-hmm. in the winter, I have Hello Kitty earmuffs. It's really endearing. Yeah, it, it's cute. But at the same time, I realize after a while when you're wearing a Hello Kitty shirt, socks, earmuffs, a scarf, and you have two bags with you and an umbrella, you might have a problem. Or you just know what makes you happy. Mm, that too. That too. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it was you're really welcome. Great. And I really had so much, uh, so much fun. I know you were a little nervous beforehand, but I, know, I can I tell know. you, it doesn't sound that way at all. Um, I hope you'll come back and do it again. Sometime. Oh no, definitely. Thanks again to Mistress Katya for sitting down with me, and thanks to our sponsor, Eden Fantasies. Again, you can get twenty percent off by using the code EFCAST when you check your order out. And of course, they've got tons and tons of uh, different products. No matter what you're looking for. In fact, they have a Hello Kitty pocket vibe that Mistress Katya should probably, well, you know, she could add to her collection. I'm looking at it right now. Great for travel. That's what it says. Great for travel. So that's why. Also, Eden Fantasies has uh, a really cool magazine, Sexes Magazine. It's a magazine that discusses every aspect of human sexuality. In fact, Sinclair Sexsmith, who's been on the program before, has an article there, along with many other people. Check out Sexes Magazine. Again, EdenFantasies.com is the website. But make sure you go through Massacast. That way they know where you came from. They're helping out uh, take care of the costs of the Massacasts. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye.